All right. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Orange Bargaining Town Hall call. We will have hundreds of people joining the call tonight. Um, they're dialing out as we're speaking and logging on. We're expecting a very good call. Uh, this is Mary Clinton speaking with you from New York. I'll be your moderator this evening. We're very glad you joined us tonight. As people are coming onto the call, I want to say we've got a lot of information, a lot of questions, um, and um, and we're, we want to try to pack it all in to about 30 minutes. So we'll have some action items. So please make sure you stay on. If you're listening, stay on throughout the duration of the call so that we not only get your questions answered, but we also get the action, action items addressed. Um, for those of you who are brand new, I've been leading mobilization trainings, and um, some of you are brand, brand new to mobilization. CWA represents thousands and thousands of workers at AT&T Mobility. It's one of the like largest wireless service providers in the U.S., right? And so as people are, you know, coming on and want to give folks a little snapshot of who we are, CWA members work in customer service, telesales, retail, technical service, network maintenance, many other positions by AT&T Mobility, you all are covered by multiple contracts. Tonight, we're going to talk about the orange contract, which you fall under in District 1, District 213, 4, 7, and 9. Um, again, we've glad, we're very glad you joined tonight. This is Mary Clinton. Um, I'll be your moderator tonight. If people are coming on to the call. Just going to say we have a lot of information tonight. We have the opportunity for you all to ask questions and get information straight from our bargaining committee and our leadership. And please stay on for the duration of the call because we'll have some uh, action items to discuss. Um, so like I said, we have a packed agenda. I'm going to go through the agenda now so you know what to expect. And it looks like we're just about ready to start the call. So um, just to run through the agenda very quickly. We'll have um, our uh, District 1 Vice President, uh, Dennis Trainer, followed by our Chief Negotiator, Pat Telesco, followed by Bargaining Committee Representative Hannah Long. And then next, we'll hear from um, our mo a report from Mobilization Committee, Regina, and as, as well as special guests. So, again, this is Mary Clinton. I'm an organizing coordinator with CWA. District 1 in New York City, your moderator for tonight's town hall call. I'm so glad that you have all joined us tonight. I'm going to pass the mic to our leader, um, Vice President Dennis Trainer, CWA Vice President of District 1. Dennis, take it away. Thank you, Mary. And good evening, everyone. Thanks for taking the time to be on this town hall call. And thank you, Mary. As everyone should know, Mary is heading up our mobilization for the orange contract negotiations and working closely with the staff and locals in all five districts. So thank you, Mary, for all you're doing. As Mary said, I am Dennis Trainer, and I am the Vice President of District 1. I have the privilege of coordinating with, coordinating with the other district vice presidents representing the orange contract 
so that we have one voice speaking for the orange contract during these negotiations. The other vice presidents are Ed Mooney from District 213, Linda Hinton from District 4, our newest vice president, Susan McAllister from District 7, and Frank Garcet from District 9. They are all here tonight and are with you every step of the way as we go through these negotiations. This is an extremely important town hall call. We want to make sure everybody understands what's going on in bargaining right now. As you know, we have been negotiating with AT&T since January 24th. Pat Telesco, who is chairing bargaining for CWA, will have a report on bargaining. Pat will give you an update on the issues in a few minutes. We also will be talking about mobilization and the important role that everyone on this call plays in getting the contract. During the pandemic, workers at AT AT&T Mobility showed how essential you were, not just to AT&T, but to every customer who depends on reliable wireless service. We are fighting to keep good union jobs in our communities. AT&T has increasingly been shifting work to third-party retailers instead of union staff stores and has a history of sending call center jobs to low-wage and overseas contractors. As 5G networks expand, we want to ensure that work is done by well-trained union-represented workers. I want you all to know that this bargaining is extremely important not only for, for our AT&T members, but working people across the country. We're fighting corporate greed at a very, prof, at a very profitable, uh, profitable uh, company. They're trying to take away benefits like they have in the past. For example, we now pay 29% on health care, and the company wants us to pay more. We have to draw a line in the sand, and we will, and tell them enough is enough. We have our bargaining committee with Pat holding the line, making sure that the company knows we mean business and that we're standing up for what we believe in. We know this is an uphill battle, but we have an excellent mobilization plan in place to keep the pressure on and to turn it up. We know it will work because we have been here before. In 2017, for those that were here, we came together. We mobilized. We even had a four-day strike. We fought back, and we got the contract we deserved. The bargaining committee is doing their job, but they need your help. We don't win our great contracts with just the bargaining committee. We win when we have every member mobilizing and participating in every mobilization activity. We have tremendous support within CWA and from the public, but we need to energize all our mobility workers and send a clear message to AT&T that we want a fair contract now. AT&T has to know that their employees are ready to stand up and fight back. We did this in 2017 by getting all our mobility members mobilized and ready to fight. I need all you to be ready to send the same message to AT&T in 2022. Let's mobilize and let's give the bargaining committee all the support they need to get us that contract. We can do this. Let's stand up and fight back and win. It's now my honor to introduce a special guest, someone who knows how to stand up and fight back, someone who knows how to lead, my friend, the president of CWA, Chris Shelton. Chris? Thank you, Dennis, and uh, good evening, brothers and sisters. Uh, It's great to be here with you tonight. 
you know, uh, I, I guess this, this call is all about member mobilization and what member mobilization actually is, is creating leverage. You know, you could have the greatest bargaining team in the world, but there's no magic. The only magic is created when we have leverage, when that bargaining team has the leverage they need to make sure that the company listens. And the only way to do that is to get the members to mobilize. You know, CWA uh, has been mobilizing members for many years now, and uh, you guys are, are no different than that. In fact, uh, just today, uh, this afternoon, I got a, got off a, a call with a, a, a group of members that work for a company called Maximus um, in uh, Mississippi and Louisiana. And for the first time in history, they're a federal contractor. And for the first time in history, uh, those folks decided to go on strike today. And it was a one-day strike that they pulled off. Uh, wonderfully in Mississippi and uh, Louisiana, and they're on strike trying to get a union. So you guys already have a union, and you ought to be able to mobilize, 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 and make sure that this company is listening, because whatever we do at the bargaining table doesn't count unless the company knows that the members are behind us. You can bet, for instance, that the company will know exactly the number of members that were on this call tonight. And they won't know who, but they'll know who the members, you know, how many members were on this call. And they'll they'll gauge what they do at the bargaining table by how many members are engaged here. You have a voice. It's time to use it. And I know that uh, Mary Clinton, who's in charge of mobilization for the whole, uh, uh, for the uh, bunch of districts that, that belong in the orange contract, is ready to, to lead you down the, the road to uh, a great mobilization so that the bargaining team can do their job. And I know that uh, the members in uh, the Orange contract have done this before, and I know you know how to mobilize, but I guess there's some new people who don't really know yet what they're going to do to mobilize. But we got to do everything that we can do to make sure that this company understands that not only do we want, but we need a fair contract and we're going to get a fair contract. There's an old saying in this in, in CWA, and that's when we fight, we win. Well, brothers and sisters, what this call is going to be all about tonight is how we fight and when we fight and where we fight, and then we're going to win. So good luck, brothers and sisters. Get out there, mobilize, 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 and get it done. Thanks, Dennis. Thank you, Chris, and thank you for joining us tonight. I'd like now to introduce uh, Pat Telesco. Pat, Pat is direct, a director in CWA. Her responsibility is the Orange Contract. She's been doing. Uh, she's been involved in the Orange Contract since the very beginning when we were a company called Singular. So, uh, Pat, take it away and let us know what's going on in bargaining. Thank you, Dennis. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Pat Telesco. As Dennis said, I am chairing the Orange Mobility Bargaining Committee along with District 1 Staff Rep Tanya Hodges and a committee of members from the five CWA Orange Districts covered by this agreement. And this committee has been meeting for over two months. You've seen their names on the bargaining reports, but I would like to take a minute and thank this committee. Uh, they've been working very hard. Mike Baxter, Local 1101, Frank Oliva, Local 1298, Hannah Long, who you'll hear from shortly from Local 2204, Jeff Reamer, Local 13,000, 
Julie Delosio, Local 13500. Renee Rouser, Local 4320. Danielle Brewer Collier, Local 4900. Corey Davis, Local 7103. Rosa Wilson, Local 7110. Alex Dorado, Local 9421. And Erda Monder, Local 9509. I want you to know this committee is energized by the activities that you do. They're ener we're energized by the show of solidarity and your great mobilization efforts. As Chris said, it creates leverage. We match your activities to our demands at the table. It's strategic. What are the issues? They're all over the place. But we got one thing in common. In the call centers, both brick and mortar, virtual too, with technicians, retail, and now we're welcoming outside sales in the in-home expert departments. There's, there's many of you are already in this orange contract in states. And in, in the retail and the outside sales, we're seeing solidarity grow. I want you to know that showing the company you support the bargaining team with your concerted actions has a direct and immediate impact at our bargaining table. We've seen it. We saw it big in 2017, and it's going to start moving now. While we remain far apart on big issues, some progress has been made, and this is why CWA agreed to another contract extension through April 8th. So what are the issues affecting us all? Of course, wages. Wages on your title. Your titles don't make enough. Many of you have been stagnant and been there so long that you've not uh, been seeing uh, compensation for your time on title. We're looking for corrections to that. We're looking, in addition to that, decent general wage increases. We need, we need a lot of general wage increases just to keep up. Everybody sees what the inflation rate is. We tell the company this all the time. It's, it's higher than the 7.9 it was when we began bargaining. And all of you that go to the store every week to try to buy groceries for, for uh, the family and, and, you know, put gas in the car, um, people who are trying to just get by, um, you know, you, I walk into the grocery store, I notice that, you know, it's, you're getting very little for what you're paying these days. I ask everybody on the bargaining committee who does the grocery shopping. They know. So they know we need a very substantial general wage increase and, if it, and, and possibly a cost of living adjustment if, if the conditions continue and, and the raises aren't enough. So I can't stress that enough. We know you need money. You need recognition for what you do every day to make this company great. We need to keep benefit costs down and include more options. Uh, that is one of the bigger issues that we have seen improvements over the past week on, and we'll continue to keep hammering away on that. Benefits encompasses a lot of things. It's not only the medical, it's disability pay, all this stuff. So we're holding the line on that. We need language to care for what we all just went through. As uh, Dennis said, we're essential workers during this COVID, and uh, we kept this company going. We're dealing with mandatory overtime issues. We're demanding caps on mandatory overtime. We're demanding improvements to our job security and, and the growth of good union jobs bringing back in work. So as you can see, it's a long list, but we're going to continue working one day longer, one day stronger, and I'll turn it back to you, Mary. Thank you so much, Pat. Um, we have lots of people joining tonight, and I know there's a ton of questions. And so before we go on to our next speaker, um, I want to um, take a question from the audience. So our first uh, question is from Anthony 
um, from New York. Anthony, um, can you can you hear us? Anthony, um, can you yeah. uh, please give she, us your question? Yeah. Yes. Hi. Can you hear me? Yep. We can hear you. Yeah. I want to know if there were any discussions about working in hazardous conditions. And where are you yes. from, Anthony? New York. Okay. CWA 1101. Hey, Anthony. I know Anthony from uh, from 1101. Thank you very much for your question, Anthony, um, because we are working hard to, to get extra pay for the extra hazardous duties. Um, hazard pay differentials, additional training is needed, updated safety measures, and the company um, has been put on notice that there's extra job assignments that um, must be compensated, and uh, we are taking care of working. In ha and when you refer to hazardous conditions, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, things like towing generators and things that are outside your normal job description. Okay, Mary. Yep. All right, thank you. Thank you, Anthony. And what's your job title in New York? It's a technician, wireless technician. All right. All right. Thank you for your question, Anthony. Um, we have we have another question, um, Pat. Uh, Will this this came in through folks that registered for the call ahead of time? Um, Will AT&T Mobility IHX employees lose any pay that they're currently earning? Could you take that? I can. Absolutely. They will absolutely not lose any pay. And I appreciate the question. Thank you, whoever asked that, because that's been a uh, fake news item that I've been combating all week um, when uh, originally the company uh, a couple weeks ago put out um, how they're going to start transitioning um, in the areas that have signed on to be in the union. And it's all good stuff. They're, they're, if the wage tables that are being looked at now, they're being worked on in bargaining. But um, what I want to make clear is that if you are looking at a wage table, it's being worked on now. And then the wage table that we end with in bargaining, if anyone, and this goes for IFX and anyone, if you're over the wage table, you will, you will not lose pay. You get continued raises also, that was the other fake news. The fake news was you'll be capped and never get a raise. We get negotiated raises annually on, on the anniversary of the contract. And if you're at the top of the wage table or over the, if you're over the wage table, you get that money as a percentage of your annual pay in a lump sum every year on the anniversary of the contract. So it's fake news. You know, um, the benefits, there's, there's going to be no losses. The company right now is transitioning people to bargaining unit benefits. They'll be seeing open enrollment. Um, they'll be seeing options. They'll, um, it, it goes beyond the benefits. I'm sorry, Mary, that I'm going on. I apologize. You asked me about money. But I want to I say there, there's, you know, nowhere to go but up. I mean, I understand managers can't carry vacation over. We, we can. We can carry over our paid excused uh, work days. We can carry over three of our 11 holidays. We, um, there, there's, uh, there's nothing to lose, um, but on the pay side, is that if that's the question, there's nothing to lose on the pay side. In fact, if you're in the union, you're guaranteed at least a certain percentage of an annual raise that you can count on. So was that the question? 
Yeah, no, that's really helpful, Pat. Thank you so much. And as a reminder to um, those who are joining, you can press zero and our operators are standing by to field questions. Um, you know, we want to hear from you. This is a great opportunity to hear straight from leadership and our bargaining committee, um, you know, answers to your questions regarding the orange contract negotiations and what you want to see. So um, let's go on. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I loved what I heard so far. Um, we have more to hear. So we have, we have one of our newest members of the bargaining committee, Hannah Long, who comes from a call center. Hannah, um, are you, uh, are you around? Can you give us a little report from your perspective as a call center worker? Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you, Mary. And as you said, my name is Hannah Long. I've been at AT&T for five years. I work at the call center in Lebanon, Virginia. Um, you know, our jobs are extremely important to all of us. As a member of the bargaining committee, we review the bargaining surveys and hear all of the concerns that were relayed. We don't want to continue to watch retail stores close and reopen as authorized retailers. We want more calls routed into our call centers, and we don't want contractors doing our highly skilled technicians' work. We take pride in our work, and we do good work for AT&T. Having a good union job will allow each of us to continue doing our work in future years and isn't something that can be overlooked. I started right before the last contract expired. We were all around each other. Things are very different now. We don't want to see the micromanaging observations, the forced overtime that burns all of us out, um, or an attendance policy that penalizes us for being sick or caring for sick family members during a global pandemic, and of course, we want good pay. We all have bills to pay. We are making the company billions in profit. And we have new members, tenure members, new work from home titles, and newly organized IHX members. This isn't about one title or one line of work. This is about all of us having fair working conditions and joining together to negotiate a decent share of this corporate's profit that our labor created. We can't let the company divide us because really we are one team with the same goal. We're going to lose if we fall prey to their divide and conquer tactics. It's not a technician's issue versus an IHX issue versus retail workers issues and so on. If we are all in a fight, we can win on more issues. We need to stay steadfast together. Over the last two years, we have watched the world change overnight and now and we will continue to see it change. Everyone needs to stay involved and focused. We need to stand together, work together, support our bargaining team, mobilize, and bring home a fair and just contract together. Thank you. Thanks so much, Hannah. Um, and yeah, thousands and thousands of CWA members are under the Orange Mobility footprint across five districts, many different titles, right? That's 36 states. Plus DC, they were all invited to tonight's town hall call. Um, really appreciate that perspective that we all have to be in the fight together. Um, so let's uh, take take a moment um, to um, uh, you know field um, a couple more questions um, before we discuss more what's getting on. I actually um, I had. A a question from somebody who registered here. Um, Peggy from District 4 says, 
uh, how will AT&T keep up with the rising cost of living and inflation? The, the costs keep rising. The wages have not kept up. Someone from the bargaining committee want to address that answer? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump right on that. Mary, again, said, uh, when the bargaining committee, uh, we were um, going through all the surveys, we uh, could see money, money, and money is, is the main issue out there, as I said. So definitely get it, Peggy. Um, that's why we're trying to work out breakout raises. When I say a breakout raise, I mean, you know, a major increase in the wage table, you know, starting with, a, you know, a higher max pay and in some cases actually upgrading jobs. Um, but the, the breakout raises, um, you know, would have to have general wage increases that would match keeping up with inflation. And we are definitely looking at um, if, if we can't get the money we need there, we're going to have to fight for COLA language that would kick in in additional years. In other words, if we could get a, a very good GWI that might satisfy our ability to pay our bills, um, we would still need protection against future inflation before the contract expired. So we definitely have heard all of you loud and clear in surveys. It's harder and harder to pay the bills and get by, and that is this is this is a worker issue, um, you know, not just at AT and T. If uh, and, and we keep telling the, the company that the cost of labor has gone up tremendously. So um, absolutely, that's our number one push. Great. That seems to be um, an issue. People are definitely united around, no matter where they where they um, work, whether it's a garage, whether they're working from home, whether in the retail store or call center, brick and mortar. So, um, next on the agenda, um, I I would like to hear you know from the mobilization team, and I I would like to also shout out you know the the thousands and thousands of members at CWA, Team Team Mobility, who have already been taking action, wearing red wristbands, right? Changing your profile picture, sending us selfies, putting it up on social media, um, you know, in our new, our e-newsletters, right? Already thousands of you have told us that you are willing to do whatever it takes to secure a good contract at AT&T Mobility. And truth be told, we're just getting started, right? Um, so I would like um, to remind folks that if you have a question, please press zero. We have operators standing by. We are trying to get as much information in in a short amount of time. Um, so if we don't get to your question, we're going to follow up in our e-newsletter with the FAQ. Um, and uh, next on the agenda, I want to call on a member um, from our district mobilization team. So first we have Regina Andrade from CWA District 9 um, to give a, a report, a snapshot on her mobilization efforts on the ground and what you can do to get involved in this effort. Regina, are you on the line? Hi, Mary. Yes, I am. Thank you. Hi, I'm Regina Andrade. I'm a member out of Local 9333 in Modesto, California, and I'm, a mobili I'm the mobilization lead for District 9. Uh, I work as an RSC for AT&T, and I've been doing that for 15 years in July. The latest mobilization is to take advantage of our time when we do our store visits. Uh, we make sure we get in contact with as many members as we can. Uh, we have surveys, petitions, different opportunities to get involved and educate them. Um, AT&T is known as a big March Madness sponsor. We know we are the ones who keep 
our customers loyal. We want to make sure people are coming to Union Fest stores. Uh, we did some hand billing, educating uh, customers that were that were going to an authorized retailer and not a corporate store. Uh, the flyer gave them directions to a Union Staff corporate AT&T store. We noticed people paid attention to the to this, and they're making the choice to come to us. We want to remind the company of our worth and the fact that we were told we were essential workers at the stores. We were given. Um, a form or a badge stating we were essential workers if we were pulled over during the lockdown. If we're so essential and so important, why are they being so greedy and why aren't they compensating us? We just want our piece of the pie. We're all in, we are all hit hard with this increase of cost of living except AT&T. It's time to get off the bench. If you're on the sidelines, get on the field and participate. Thank you. Thanks, Regina. I really appreciate your perspective. You've been, um, you know, from the store into the field and on the ground mobilizing, and um, it's it's exciting to see, to see the progress coming in all over the country, um, and especially, you know, from you from your work in District Nine. So, um, great. So, thank you. Let's let's take um, another another moment to um to grab a couple questions live here so um we have um oh this is a great question um jessica from new york um i'm gonna call on you um jessica can you explain your question Sure. My question is basically, um, I am a bilingual in one of the markets, but I don't get paid or extra compensation extra pay due because my store isn't a Spanish-speaking store. And um, I just kind of wanted a little bit more info on that because I do bring somewhat of another demographic to the store, and I am the only one that is helping them. And, and, and Jessica, where in, where in New York are you located? I'm in Buffalo. Um, Pat, do you know anything about bilingual differentials? I'm sorry, say that again. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I, you know, I, it, it has to be assigned. Um, let's see, I'm going to look up now somebody. Multilingual differential currently is in our contract at $5 a day, not to exceed 25 a week, but only for call centers, not for retail. So um, I think we had this on the table last time. Um, the issue, I think, is is the assignment of it, but, you know, clearly um, it's call center only right now at this point. Mm -hmm. But I get your point that you are being asked to do that, and uh, I, I – it, we have not um, had any success in getting it for retail at this point. Mary? Yes. Yes, go ahead. No, I was waiting for you to go ahead. 
Oh, sorry. I think it was on mute. Um, I think Pat answered the last. Uh, just we needed another question. Or yeah, so we so we have a question um, from people who um, had registered. Um, if you can, okay. Um, uh, we had uh, a question from District Two Thirteen. Uh, call center worker Fran Jones, who was um, moved from a call center to um, to a home, and Fran says she um, messaged in the question. Fran saying, "I work at home. How is the union making it fair to work at home compared to working at the call center? Right? Um, you know, making that home office, getting the internet connectivity." Um, you know, fit for the company standards. Uh, Pat, do you have anything to address about that? We're absolutely um, uh, pushing um, to compensate. Um, Everyone knows that the job title, CSR1 or CSR work from home, you're doing the same work, except when you're at home, um, you're responsible for setting up your office. You're responsible for providing the Internet, making sure the lights are on, making sure you're comfortable with heat and your bills really do go up. And, you know, we're trying to bargain not only for an initial office setup but a monthly stipend um, because AT&T is actually reaching into your pockets. It's you work from home folks that are subsidizing AT&T's business costs for the virtual call center. So that's a very good question from Fran, and, and we definitely are not going to be able to leave this bargaining without um, making it making it fair so that um, <laughs> the money you pay for working at home is, isn't subtracted from your weekly wage, which is uh, what's happening now. Um, so good question. Okay, and one more one more that came in is, um, you know, what issues are causing the biggest holdup with the company at the table? That comes from Zach Stacy in District Nine. Um, Zach, I have to say that everything everything is is uh, to me a big issue, and to the committee a big issue that that uh, is holding up bargaining. But in seriousness. Um, we're trying to iron out um, issues that you guys have been reporting to us, work rule issues, scheduling issues, the mandatory overtime, all of that stuff. And, and uh, you know, I think uh, getting that stuff nailed down, maybe some of the money issues and the other issues will start flowing. But i got to turn it back say and say the leverage is so important. And while, you know, to me, everything is held up right now, these things start falling away and we start getting agreements when the activity rises. I can't stress enough that if we really start getting active, um, then everything you do determines the outcome of this bargaining, uh, literally. Um, so we're all one big team, and uh, we will continually be, be putting um, – I know the bargaining reports seem fairly cryptic to people, and there's a reason for that. We're not allowed to put out in the open uh, the day-to-day uh, goings-on at the bargaining table, but um, hopefully uh, – you'll be able to read between the lines and you'll be able to see and you'll hear from Mary and you'll hear from your own uh, mobilizers that uh, we either need to turn it up or we need to turn it down and you'll be a complete part. We'll be one giant membership as we were in 2017 if we want to be successful. And I know we can be successful with your help. 
Well, I'm always going to say turn it up. So, <laughs> um, but now, you know, we've, we've gone a little bit over time. So, um, you know, I, I do want to say that we've collected all of your questions. And so we'll have the opportunity to follow up via email with the frequently asked questions, both for the, from the registrants, from the folks who um, dialed in live, and any other questions that you want to email us, um, you know, we're, we're here to, to be responsive and to be a voice um, for you at the table. We just wanted to be um, receptive to what questions you had regarding bar bargaining and what concerns you may have. And we know a lot of you are willing to get involved and have already been involved in the mobilization effort. So um, we're looking forward to continue uh, working with you in the mobilization. And um, I hope you all uh, have a good night and we will be in touch. Thank you so much um, to our bargaining committee members, to our leadership, President Chris Shelton, Vice President Dennis Trainer, our chair of our bargaining committee, Pat Telesco, bargaining committee member Hannah Long, mobilization coordinator for District 9, Latina Andrade, and to the thousands of workers across the Orange Footprint who have been taking action, standing up, and saying enough is enough, and showing their solidarity. Um, we can't wait to talk to you next. So, good night, everybody. Thank you, Mary. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Let's mobilize. Thank you. Good night.